Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome into episode number 122. Uh, didn't put up 121 yet, just didn't get a chance to, but that will be up later today. Yeah, I'll, I'll have time to do that today. So uh, back here with, with Fan in the van. Not not in the van right now, but it, it, he is <laughs> the Fan in the Van podcast. Jim Plotner, what's going on, my man? What's going on? Glad, glad he shot me the message to get together. I need to uh, keep pumping the content. It's always fun. Talking Yankees or uh, just sports in general with, with Jim. So uh, right off the bat, I mean, Yankees nine and a half back. I mean, not not terrible, really. I mean, we're not at the all-star break yet. Um, they are six and four in the last ten. Uh, Baltimore Orioles are hitting that slump, and it's a little bit terrifying for me just because of being a fan of the team. I'm a little little nervous because it's it's a lot of negativity uh, starting to brew already because you know we're used to that around around the Orioles uh, neck of the woods. But yeah, man, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of the first half so far? Obviously, Judge being hurt a good bit, uh, but where do you forty six thirty seven? The Yankees sitting there. Honestly, they should be better. The fact that you spend over three hundred million in payroll. And to call this a championship caliber team every year for over the past decade now, we've heard the same rinse, recycle, repeat bullshit out of Cashman's mouth. And it's not a championship caliber team. It's not. It's it's putrid. The offense can't hit at times. Pitching can't pitch. The fact that you're using Josh Donaldson in the bullpen is – I, I, I don't even know what to say at this point. It really just comes down to, at this point, you know, you could blame it on injuries all you want, but when you call another guy up, it's the next man up. He's got to step up. That's really what it comes down to. And some of these guys that they should be calling up, they're not because you're giving washed-up guys like Donaldson every chance to play to try to build his value up for what? You're not getting anything for him if you trade him. So, like I've been saying for weeks, call the kids up in the minor league and showcase what you got. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I mean, why why not at this point? You know what you know what you have in Donaldson, like you said. I I don't see his value. I mean, like you know, your last show was really good about talking about you know what they could get back for him. Probably two, three single A guys. I remember you saying like that's probably about right at this point. He's what he's like thirty eight, thirty seven. He, I mean, his defense is still not bad. I mean, I know he made that that silly error the other day, but. He can play third base, but he's I not mean, a, yeah. When when you're hitting what one thirty on the season, I mean he's got some. It's funny, like more than half his hits are home runs, which is is a, a weird thing. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't quite get that either. I mean, like like I said, you know what you have with him. Like bring these young guys up, give give them playing time now, because then you know if they if they start to get their feet wet next year, they could be you know ahead of the curve instead of bringing them up next year from really zero and and trying to show what they have then then it's going to take a whole seat like you know Volpe's going through some struggles it's like well maybe by next year he'll be able to sort that out these guys are going to have to be brought up go through the struggle and then it's like you're delaying the process you know what I mean well the thing with Volpe and it's actually pathetic that a hidden coach couldn't see what was wrong with his swing till he had a chicken parm dinner with Austin Wells who's the catcher for the uh Scranton Wilkes-Barre uh 
Scranton Wilkesbury uh, Rail Riders or whatever they call themselves, the the Triple A team. This guy saw the error in his swing, but the hitting coaches couldn't see that, and they're there with him every day. It shows you again not only just the the, the players that aren't playing to a level, but the, this coaching staff in general is not at the level it's supposed to be. That you can't even see this kid's swing approach needs to be changed a bit or altered. You can't see that, but some guy in AAA, they're, they're eating chicken parm to, together, and he notices the difference, and he te- he's telling them what he should do. Maybe Austin Wells should be the hitting coach and fire the rest of them. I don't fucking know anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. It's it's If you can see that, if I you know you tell me, you relate it to me, and then I see that, it's like, all right, man, why is Hal Steinbrenner sitting back and letting that, like, I know it's a business, this, that, and the third, and, and for example, like, I see the Phillies, you know, yeah, I have two teams, whatever, at, at me, but <laughs> it's, uh, I see a total different, like, the way I'm trying to draw a comparison here is the Phillies are going balls to the wall to win right now, you can tell. I mean, they go out and get Schwarber, Castellanos, they got JT Ramuto a couple of years ago, the, the pitching, like, you bring in Zach Wheeler, you bring in Taewon Walker, like, they're going, they're doing everything they can to win. Now, it's like, you, I think you can pose the question to Al Steinbrenner, are you doing everything you possibly can to win or are you running it like a business? Because that's two different things. Like building a championship caliber team like Steve Cohen might, is trying to do, I think he's going about it the right way. Now, you know, Billy Epler is probably not the right guy to be doing that. But it, it's all in like the – if the fans can see – like if I'm sitting there as a Yankees fan, I'm like, look, man, we're like you said, we're spending almost $300 million. We got – like Willie Calhoun, who is that? We got I- IKF playing every day. I'd be like, man, what the hell? Like, we can be better than this, right? Like, there's got to be better than this. I think what it comes down to, I don't think Hal really has a hand in, like, the day-to-day part of it as far as, like, who to bring in. I think he's kind of giving Cashman more of that autonomy to do it. And let's be honest, Cashman inherited – a, a, a dynasty of a Yankee team to begin with. You know, you look at the, the early 90s teams, he wasn't there for that. You know, he inherited the Jeters, the Bernie Williams, the Pettits, the, you know, the, you know, the whole core four. Yes. He inherited all that. So that made him look good in all the Yankees fans' eyes. Like, oh, wow, look what this GM did. But if you really know the the, the history of the Yankees, it was Gene Stick Michael who did all that, not Cashman. And you've seen what Cashman's done since. I mean, he's had some good signings. And he's made some good trades. But, like, signing Hideki Arabu was, like, the worst mistake ever. Um, trading for Donaldson when you get rid of Gio Urshela, even though Urshela's out for the rest of the year now. But you traded a third baseman that you financially controlled. And had youth that could play not only third, but he could play short. He could play second. You could stick him in the outfield. He could play first base. And you trade him for the you trade him for Donaldson because you wanted to get rid of Gary Sanchez. And you know you sign this pitcher and Carlos Rodon, who how does your medical staff not know that he has these back issues? So you wasted another hundred sixty million on a guy who's going to start pitching this Friday. And you know everybody could say calling him up now is like trading for an ace like at the midpoint of the season but that's a piece you should have had from the beginning you like you should have known hey you know this guy's got these medical issues maybe we shouldn't pay him so much or maybe we shouldn't sign him and go a different route and cashman is passed over so many people for what reason i don't know and we and we mentioned it before we went on he, he's passed up on harper machado uh the, the friggin' list is as Juan long Soto. as you know, yeah, Juan yeah, Soto. Yeah, Juan Soto. Another one which I'm hearing, I don't know how true it is, but they're trying to work out some trade package for that. But yeah, he's he's another guy, man. That like he gets under my skin because he obviously he 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 pulled the same move as Machado. It's like Machado and Soto are, are one of the same because Machado, I remember, wanted out of Baltimore midseason, which yeah. whatever. I mean. Brent talks about it all the time and definitely check out 1420 sports over there, Brent, Brent and Dave, but they, they talk about it at, at nauseum, how these guys just, they demand things like they, 
I don't want to play for the White Sox anymore. I don't want to play for the Orioles anymore. And it's just like they don't even wait till the end of the season. They they let it be known in the public, you know, out to the the media. Like any guy that does that, I I just think is a douchebag. Honestly, like there's yeah. no you have no there's respect. No yeah, there's no respect. So, I mean, that's even the, you know the Mets case with Scherzer right now. You you know they're asking him, are you going to waive the no trade clause? He goes, you go talk to Steve Cohen about that. You know the minute Cohen becomes a seller, Scherzer's going to want out of there. And no matter where you trade him to, the Mets are on the hook for the rest of that contract. Nobody's paying a guy who's what 38, 39, and, 30 and, plus million dollars for for another season. Yeah, no, to- no. I'm glad you brought that. I see. I'm, I'm not going to give him a pass because I, I'm not going to give any of these guys a pass. Like. Coming into the Mets last year, 37 years old, I'm sure he wants to knock on the door of a, of a championship again. And I, I get it from his perspective as far as, like, let me get out of here. This is a mess right now. It's going to take – it's probably going to take three years for the Mets to really – I mean, maybe maybe they, they find a way to turn it around next year, but it just seems like there's too many issues, too many guys struggling. Um, I don't know if Buck really has any idea what he's doing anymore. I hate to say that, but – it's just there's there's a laundry list of issues and he's and he's 38 years old where like Juan Soto man like I don't even know if he's 30 years old yet he no. he, he bitched his like, way out right right like he bitched his way out of DC okay fine there there's your one strike then he gets to the Padres he immediately wants to restructure his deal for more money they give him more money and now he's like I I remember they asked him like a week or two ago they're like you know is there anything you guys need to be doing different to start winning games which you know obviously they do but He's like, yeah, don't put it on me. And he's, he took no account. He's not like, like, hey, man, no one's hitting a 1,000 here. Like, everybody yeah. could be doing more. So, I get he's he's one of the best performing players on the team. But, like, for him to say that, I'm like, man, you're all about you. And that, and that's – I think that's part of the, the Padres' problem, man. They they don't play as, like, a team – they're not a team unit out there. They're not – No, a they're bunch, a whole – Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's like, it, it's like a whole me mentality in San Diego. And you look at that payroll and what they're shelling out, like half that infield alone is close to a billion. Yeah. And and you produce nothing out of it. Nothing. Nothing. It's, no. That 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 team, like I said it last year, I was like, I'm not – they got to show me – like I don't care who they sign. It's almost like they have – it's like the Chris Paul curse in basketball, man. Like until he wins a <laughs> ring – I'm like they're not gonna do it. Like they're the Padres. The Padres are gonna Padre. The you know the Browns are gonna Brown. Like that. That's it's one of those deals. I and yeah, like you said, man. Like Machado. I, I said it before. I said it to Brent. I was like, I don't think if Machado doesn't win a World Series, I don't know if that'll keep him up at night. I I, I just don't see that that type of play. like he's a hell of an individual player and he puts up crazy stats and you know there's the comparisons to A Rod this and that, but I I just. I don't see it. I I, I don't. I, they signed Bogarts, obviously. Like like you said, that infield is loaded. The pitching is is. I mean, they have some holes in there, but I still don't think that. Well, I think they're in fourth place. I just looked a little bit ago. It's like, how are you in fourth place? You know, considering the fact that you're looking up at the Diamondbacks, who have no household name whatsoever in yep. their lineup. I think their payroll is probably less than. The Tampa Bay Rays, if I'm not mistaken, and you and they're in first place, and which should be a stacked uh, NL West. <laughs> San Diego's always going to San Diego. They really do, and then you know, obviously the Chargers leave town, but they still have that around there. I mean, they drew, they blew that playoff game to the to the Jags. Obviously, they were up like what twenty seven zero or so. Like, it, there's something about that town, man. Like. No matter if you're you played there at one point, you don't play there anymore. It's just they don't win. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. There's just no, there's no winning mentality in San Diego. I think it's just a city probably full of losers where that's fine with them. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's I'm not bashing the city of San Diego, but I mean, come on, you spend over a billion dollars in payroll and. You can't beat the Diamondbacks. You can't hop, skip, and jump the Giants and the Dodgers. Oh, it's it's like they've never won, and they can't figure out how to like. You know, you can draw the compare. Like, okay, the the Orioles haven't just they came to my mind. Obviously, they 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 haven't won since the eighties, but they at least have some heritage. Like, I, I it's like other than Tony Gwynn, who can you really point to 
as a and and even during his time they didn't win they I don't think they have a World Series title so it's no it's just I don't know they 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 struggle to figure it out oh, decade after decade after it just doesn't make sense I don't especially had now. One if they had to play the Yankees what's that they would have had one if they didn't have to play the Yankees in the World <laughs> Series what like ninety eight I think it was when we swept them in four straight. <laughs> They were. They had their chance. They were one of the last teams to get a no hitter. They're just. I I don't know. I mean, to me, throwing money to fix team issues isn't always the correct way of doing it. I mean, you look at obviously Tampa. Tampa doesn't spend money on household names, and yet they control the AL East. They shouldn't, but they are. Um. You know, and the Padres, maybe you're better off selling off guys like Machado and bringing in these other guys that are just going to play at minimum value, but you're going to get a lot more out of them. And, and compare Machado to A-Rod, at least A-Rod wanted to win. <laughs> Machado, I think it's at the end of the day, I don't even think he'd be excited about going into the Hall of Fame. As long as he got his money, that's all he's going to care about. Yeah. That, that, that's what it is to these to these people now. You know, it's a business. It's not loyalty to a team. It's loyalty to how much money you can give me. And you could say that with Scherzer, who was on record saying, I'll never play for the Mets, but the Mets offered him the most. And then he's like, all right, I'll go play for the Mets. And hey, all of a sudden, like, almost oh, forgotten about that comment. Hey, sh- shout out shout out to you, man, because I, I never heard him say that. So I learned something new every every day, and, and that's that's surprising. Like, yeah, I, they're, I'm not going to say they're all so I, – I don't want to – generalize all these guys and put them in the same box but i would say at least we're talking 75 to 80 percent are in it for like yeah they love the game they didn't get there on accident but they at once you get like i remember the the orioles losing trey mancini and going to the astros now he's on the cubs and he seems like a really upstanding guy i mean he comes back from cancer this that that one of the best probably people from what i can from the eye test but at the end of the day, he's like, you know, I'm excited to be a Cub, this and that. Like, I don't, I'm sure he's grateful for his time with the Orioles. That's the team that drafted him. But it's, it's whatever's in the best. Like, if, if Rodon was like next year, or whatever, there's a better situation for the, with him and on the Red Sox, he'd be like, whatever. Like, I'm out of here. I'm going to the Red. You know, it's just these guys, like, we, we as fans, and it, maybe it's just because we're crazy a little bit, but we care more about, like the team, the 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 team, or just because like Otani's on the Angels. If I was an Angels fan, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm bound down to this guy. But he could the first day of free agency, he walks out and doesn't look back, and I wouldn't blame him. Like it's, but at the end of the day, it's 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 they're gonna do what's in best interest for them. Like they can say, oh, oh I want always wanted to put on the pinstripes, like Garrett Cole said, this, that, and the third. But if there was a better, if the Blue Jays offered him fifty million more, you don't think he'd go there? Come on, like let's. Let's not kid no, ourselves, would. you know. So he absolutely, he absolutely would have, and it's a shame because, you know, I always tell people, you like especially the younger generation, you didn't get to watch the baseball I got to watch. Like you knew when free agency came up, like you knew the guys like Jeter were staying, you knew guys like Bernie Williams were staying, Jorge Posada. If you were a Met fan, you knew David Wright was never leaving Queens. And they, some of them took less money knowing their value could have been higher and took less money because they wanted to win a championship for the team that took a chance on them. Now it's, you know, it's almost like being, on, you know, in the show Storage Wars, you know, whoever <laughs> has the highest bid, that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> where I'm going. There's no allegiance no more. And, you know, to the younger fan that says they love sports, you don't love sports. You love the business. That is now sports because it's a business more than it's a sport now. And it's sad to say it, but it is. Oh yeah. Like, trust me, man. Like growing up, I was, I was Phillies through and through and and not that I'm not now, but it, it's like when I grew up, it was all homegrown. Like I, I just like my team to be more homegrown. I mean, as, as a Yankees fan, it might be a l- little different, but you you guys are more homegrown than some, I mean, look at the Padres, the modern day Phillies are, I, I can't really, there's Aaron Nola, uh, after that, I'm like, is there anybody that's Reese Hoskins? That's one, another one, but he's out for the year, obviously. But it's 
it's like, man, all these guys are from other organizations. It doesn't feel like the Phillies I grew up with. So it's like Jimmy Rollins, you had Chase Utley, you had Ryan Howard. Like these guys were drafted, groomed through the system. Like that's where the, I think the Braves probably do it the best. And I talked about this on my last show. I got to put out later today is uh, like the Braves and the and the uh, the Rays, for example. They they like they'll sign a guy here and there, but like this this modern day Phillies team, it's like you have a guy from the, you have Kyle Schwarber, never a Philly before Castellanos, JT Ramuto. I mean, Bryson Stott's another one that they did. They did bring him through the system, but these teams are not, like you said, man, they're not like that allegiance anymore. It's not like you're going to see the same Yankees team for five years. Like it'll, it'll rotate so much from now till, till, you know, even next year, it'll look different. Like they bring through Bader, he gets hurt. And then they bring through Ben attendee, Ben attendees now on the white Sox. Like, it just, I don't know. I I don't want to be, because you know you're 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 an older than than I am. But even when I was growing up, it's different now. Like it's it's excuse me, it's it's changed a lot in the last like five to ten years. It's become more of a business than it is about that 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 jersey on the front. So yeah, and it's like that in any sport really nowadays. There's no, I mean, you look at football. Look at look at right now NBA free agency. Oh, what a shit show that is. You see some of these contracts? Yeah. Yep. How in the world is Dylan Brooks, the biggest douche nozzle, <laughs> get four years, 80 minutes? You know, it's like Houston doesn't want to win anything. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I mean, yeah, they get uh, Van Fleet from Toronto, and they paid him what he was, what they feel he valued at. But you go and get Dylan Brooks? Uh, that, guy, that guy is, oh, what an ass. It's probably the only time I ever sided with LeBron James in anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you bring up the NBA. I mean, look at, look at, like, okay, I know Kobe. I don't know if he requested a trade at one point, but he, uh, he kind of alluded to like he wasn't going to finish his career in LA. Like there was turmoil, I think, between him and the Lakers, but he ended up, you know, they ended up working thing, hashing things out, and then he, you never heard again. You never once heard. Um, that he would, you know, skip town and, and go somewhere else and, and explore options. Like, yeah, they were paying him a pretty penny, but he wanted to be a Laker and he made that known. Like, look at Kevin Durant, man. Like, he, he he's a example he's a ring, number one. He's a ring chaser is what he is. And if you think if, – if anybody thinks Phoenix is winning anything, <laughs> no, he's got no depth. After him, Booker and DeAndre Eaton – what do you have now? You traded all your depth. You were better when you had Chris Paul, to be honest. I mean, they should have won that NBA Finals, but maybe that's where you shouldn't have played Chris Paul. You should have just put him on the injured list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just – it's it's really tough to, like, look at any player, really. I mean, it, it, to say, oh, he'll finish his career here anymore. Like, there's – I mean, there's no – People probably thought Justin Verlander would be a Tiger his whole career. And that obviously, like Miguel Cabrera has been, for whatever reason, he's been there for what, since the Marlin days. Um, but like, that's willing to pay him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. It's just these guys get so, I'm not going to say so quickly because some of them do allow like four or five years of probably being miserable, honestly. I mean, on some of these teams, it's like, um, like McCutcheon leaves the Pirates, goes to the Giants. He goes to the the Yankees even for a little bit. The Phillies, like he's bounced around, but I do like what he did. Where he's like, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna finish my career in Pittsburgh because you know that that's like the most respectful thing you can do. I, I think he probably could have got a sweeter pot somewhere else. And and now the Pirates want to trade him. Apparently, <laughs> like <laughs> I I don't get I don't get. I don't get the Pittsburgh Pirates at all. And honestly, I feel so bad for that fan base. I would be drinking all the time, too, if I was a fan of the Pirates. I yeah. mean, they, they they start off hot, then they go cold, then they go hot, then they go cold. It's like, when are you just going to figure it out? When's the owner going to actually put money into the team? And, like, and when? Yeah, no, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I have a, I have a friend that's a it's He's an all-Pittsburgh fan, so obviously the Pirates are in that equation. And, and he, like constantly talks about how beautiful the stadium is like it's one of the best stadiums in baseball you know it, it, it's like they've had so many guys come through that like they had Garrett Cole for you know before 
Like there, there's a laundry list of guys. I mean, they have Dale, Dale Cruz is out now, but um, yeah, like they've had so much talent come through that Pirates organization from the minor leagues, and it that's what blows me away is like they have that beautiful stadium, and and Brent, I, I keep bringing him up, but Brent, Brent brings up the point where it's like all these guys have money, like all don't get it twisted, like the if you own a professional sports franchise, you're not hurting, and the fact no. that. They just don't want to spend them at least to be competitive. Like that's my argument is like, at least be competitive. Like don't be the Oakland A's where you're putting out a triple A basically roster at night in and night out, man. It's a, it's a fucking disgrace to the sport of baseball and, and to that fan base. Like you're just being disrespectful, I think. And you're just sitting there on your high horse. Like, well, I own the team so I can, I can call the shots. Like if you don't want to at least try and be competitive, man. Like you should, they should make you sell a team. I, I know that's not ever going to happen, but I can't, I, it makes me not makes me sick. It's not, maybe, well, with the Orioles, it does because I'm starting to, I, it's year in and year out, but um, of that type of thing. And I, it just doesn't, it, it would make the game better if, if there were more competitive, especially baseball, man. Like there's probably five or six teams you can think of that are like elite or close to elite. After that, it's like, average to shit show everywhere you look without a doubt it's just i mean you you look at the you look at the oakland athletic situation and it's been like that since oh god you got even before the Moneyball movie ever came out they were already like that you know you have an owner that's like asking a gm not to spend the money he doesn't have how do you not have the money when at one point you were selling out that piece of shit stadium <laughs> like, how do you not have the money to bring in, guys? Like, how did you not have money to keep Johnny Damon? I mean, I can understand Giambi at the time because, you know, the Yankees offered him the world and then some. And that's where Giambi was always going to go where the money was. But how do you lose, like, a Jason Isringhausen or Johnny Damon? Like, how did you not have money to pay them? Like, if I'm not mistaken, Boston wound up stealing them for, like, $8 million a year. You mean to tell me the owner couldn't scrounge up another, like, million dollars to to pay them I, I i don't i don't get how oakland does their business but it's atrocious it, that's what i mean like it, it's and, and and you're talking about a team that has four worlds i mean you know in the seven they won back to back to back rings I'm, I'm looking at it now i i didn't know off the top of my head but 72 73 74 and then they go they go back in, in 89 and win one so it's not like the teams never like they're not the Padres. They've had success. They've had Hall of Fame, Cal, you know, Hall of Fame players, Raleigh Fingers. I know in the seventies, for example, but it it just does not when you when you put out a product where it's clear and not to take anything away from Domingo Herman, like the A's have taken the A's have beat the Braves in series this year. The A's have beat um, just good teams. Like I know they've they've I think. They've taken two out of three from the diamond. I can't even remember at this point, but they they've won some games, won some series that they shouldn't. And I know baseball is a long season that that type of thing happens. But like to for Domingo Herman to go out there and throw a perfect game. And, and it's like that stadium was erupting because there was probably what a hundred A's fans. And, and that's just like, that's that makes the game look so bad. Like the NFL does not have that problem. Like if you go, if you turn on the Titans game and the Titans are, three and 12, it's still mostly Titans fans in that stadium. Like baseball has to, it's, I know it's a quote unquote more boring game and slow game and this, that, and the third, but when, when you're, when your stadium has is way overpopulated with opposing teams fan. And I know the Yankees have a ton of fans, but it that's a problem, man. Like that, you gotta, you gotta figure something. You gotta be more competitive to where the fans want to show up because, you know, I don't blame fans for not going like, Philly, Philly's one of those towns I'm close to where it's it's they pretty much show up no matter what. I mean the Flyers fans got outnumbered by the Rangers fans this past season, which was probably a first. But it's most of these towns, man. Like you, like if you're the Brewers and you're you're 15 games back and the Yankees come to town, that that stadium's going to be filled up with Yankees fans. Like at least find a way to be competitive in some way or another, and especially like for decades and, and you're with your team sucking like the A's have, like that's, I don't know. It's, it's a shame. And I don't, I don't even think the move to Vegas is going to help because 
because who are you going to bring in to attract anybody to want to go there? The, the owner doesn't have any, and that's the sad part. The owner don't have no money to put into the team. You want to move this team to like this rich city, and you're expecting the taxpayers to flip the bill for all of it now. For what? More mediocrity? I wouldn't. If I was living in Vegas, I'd fucking move. <laughs> yeah, and the, I'd and move. The... I'd, I'd not put my tax dollars into this shit organization. Sell the team. And it's sad that when you have Oakland A's fans going there in a reverse way to not cheer for the team, that they had to root for the owner to sell the team. And almost like boycott. Like, we're not here to watch the game. We're here to shit on the ownership because you killed us for for so many years. And that's the only way you could fill up that stadium is to boycott the product. It's it, it's asinine to do it that way, but <laughs> hey, if it gets national attention, it gets national attention. So I mean, yeah, the only see I said when when the Orioles were like, you know, at that A's level where they're I mean they're winning fifty eight games a year. It's just god awful to watch. It I what I said, like what I would do, what I would try and organize, I should say, is Nobody should go to the games. Nobody should turn the games on. Like the the TV ratings should go way, way, way down. No one buy like just no one show up to the games. No one buy concessions. No one buy jerseys. None of it. Just totally go flat. Like make it a known fact that we do not care about this team because and don't, and don't download and buy the forty different apps to fucking stream every game that they're on and don't exactly. do none of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you have to you have to send a message to the owner like hey you're going to lose money because you we suck like that's the only way these owners are going to do anything is if their pockets are hurting cuz they're some of the greediest people on the face of the earth like that's when you're at that level and you don't care about the fans the the people that you know spend their hard earned paycheck to come watch your team or or pay for the service to watch it on TV it doesn't matter like you're you're a jerk off man like you say like i know that's a new york term i think new york new jersey but you're you're you can pound sand and 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 you can you know there's nothing good i can say about you like you're a you're a piece you're really a piece of shit because the these people especially these longtime fans like you know i gotta think like these these A's fans that are 60 70 years old that you know love the A's from day one and they're listening to it on the radio and then for you to uproot the team for you to not care about the stadium not care about the, the product you're putting out there and then move the team on top of it like i got no respect for that no and, and the thing like with boycott i don't think you'd ever see boycotting in new york as much as us new york fans complain and bitch about the team like i've seen yankees fans on twitter complaining about the yankees but i went last sunday you know how many of them i've seen there they're all there so i mean you could piss and moan but you, I mean, some are going to support it and some are not going to support it. But I think the people that don't support it anymore are outnumbered by the ones that are still willing to go and pay the ridiculous price for a beer and a sausage and pepper hero and buy a hat that's three times more than what you could have got for it on Fanatics. <laughs> and so, the, I mean, and the other thing is like Oakland to me should not be a small market team. I mean, being in the state of California, it should be a big market team, but you're a small market team because you have a small market owner who probably couldn't even own the Long Island Ducks and pay their payroll. So, it, you know, again, moving to Vegas, what's this going to do for Oakland? It's not, you know, unless this owner's getting a boatload of money through, like, I don't know how, what option you can do to give them money. But that's the only way that he's going to put money into the team is if it's handed to him. Like MLB is going to hand you a blank check and say, here, go sign who you want. You know, we, we need you to be competitive. Is, is that what it's going to take? And and another thing, like, you know, and we're going pretty long-winded on this, but that, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> the A's, the A's have like that, like I said, they have that, they have culture like that, that Bay Area. I've never been there, but it, it's like, they have history. They have like, you know, and these fans do care like for them to do that protest that shows that they have an appeal that, that actually care about that team. Now you're going to move them to a city they've never played. You know, this is a brand new thing. It's like the Baltimore Colts back in the day. Like how many Baltimore Colts fans turned into Indianapolis Colts? Fans? I don't think many, if it, you know, probably a small percentage. I'll say it like that because you uprooted the team. You left like it, it's, it leaves a horrible taste in people's mouths. Like, 
if I'm the MLB, start a new team in Las Vegas. Like, figure out you either make them sell the team in Oakland to somebody that's going to care because there's somebody out there that would care about that team, and yeah. and and do the right thing. And Vegas, like, you're gonna have the Las Vegas Athletics. There's no, it's brand new. There's no culture there. Like, I say, start a whole new, like the Golden Knights. That that was a whole new franchise. Look, they've done really, really well. They've just won the NHL champion. You know, the Stanley Cup. Start a whole new franchise, like start a whole new franchise in these in these towns that have never had a team before. Don't don't uproot a team, but figure it out in Oakland and and figure it out for the better. Yeah, you better. They they were almost smarter to bring in one or two expansion teams. I mean, you have sit like Vegas doesn't have a baseball team, so it would have been smart to put one there. You could have put one in Charlotte or something like that. You know, yeah, like North or South Carolina, you could have put a major league team there. And, you know, to move a team, you know, it, it, you know, I agree. I think MLB should have stepped in and said, listen, if you're not going to be competitive, then either sell the team to a group that's going to be competitive or, you know, we're, you know, we're not going to move you. So you're going to have to waste your money to renovate the stadium, you know, the way other teams have had to do. Instead of, you know, building a multi-billion dollar stadium, you know, like you look at the Red Sox. How long has Fenway Park been there? It's been there for hundred, like over a hundred years, right? Have they ever built a new stadium for them? No, they. No, no, I don't think they, they ever will. All they've done is renovate it because, as much as I don't like the Red Sox, Fenway Park has so much history, and that Oakland Coliseum has so much history, and you let this owner just destroy it. Just destroy it. Treat it like he almost treated it like it was a dorm room. Like, hey, let's just throw shit around. And we're never gonna fix it. Don't repaint nothing. You know, all oh, the chairs broken. It's all right. We'll just take some bird shit and scoop it under there and let it harden up. You know, it's almost like you know when you alluded to you know them taking the Colts out of Baltimore and putting them in Indy, right? It's the same thing when they took Cleveland out the first time. And made them the Baltimore Ravens. Although the NFL should have never brought a Cleveland team back, but I guess for that they can tip their cap to us. But another another guy we at least I know Jim's a big 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 fan of is uh, our guy Josh Donaldson, (laughs) the second coming of a Rod. Right? (laughs) Uh, He, you know, we Rod right now. Right now, probably a Rod still be better. Right now, yeah, he would. He uh, I rather Charlie Hayes or Scott Broach is playing third base, and they haven't—they probably haven't touched a baseball or a weight in thirty friggin' years. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Like we talked about him a little bit in the first segment there, but you know he—I know I, I saw Aaron Boone talk about how he always wanted to pitch. He—I guess he pitched at uh, Auburn. I think he played at Auburn in college. I could be wrong on that, but uh, he pitched like the last time he pitched was in college. Uh, obviously Yankees were getting a little bit blown out there yesterday. So he comes in, uh, records a scoreless inning of, of all things. So is there any history or is there any future I should say? in uh, in Donaldson coming out of that Yankee bullpen or, or the fifth starter role or spot starter type deal. <laughs> With the way Cashman's running this team right now, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if frigging if Donaldson's the number one starter by next week. It's- <laughs> Uh, no, I don't want him pitching. I mean, first off, MLB really, I mean, the Yankees are getting blown out yesterday, right? You have like 17,000 friggin' rain delays in St. Louis. The game was over at that point. You knew you had a doubleheader starting at like 7.15, 7.30. Why not just call the game? And then we wouldn't have had to see Donaldson pitch. Yeah. I, 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 see, what, that I see what you're saying, and, and I'm not here to – to cause a ruckus by any means, uh, my arg, my not my argument, but where I would see people bitching about it would be, hey man, I paid fifty five dollars for those seats. I paid fifteen dollars for that beer. I'm watching nine innings. Like regardless of how bad it looks, right? Like that's, I guarantee you that would be the pushback immediately with, because people. Oh, without that. I, it's funny. Like I listen to the Michael K show a good bit because just that's great. That's probably the best radio show there is. Honestly, just because the amount of craziness goes oh, on, on oh, there. Now, now it's gonna be because wfan uh craig carton left so now you're gonna have evan roberts with tiki tiki barber who i'm sorry stick to talking football tiki i'm sorry stick to that 
Um, the midday show is Sal Licata now and Brandon Tierney. And the only good morning show that they used to have was when Boomer was with Craig Carton. And now with Greg Giannotti, I, I haven't listened to WFAN the way I used to. And honestly, Michael K is going to take over the, the, the afternoon ratings now. He's going to go from the seller. And he's going to be number one. Yeah, so ex- – no, exactly. I, I, and we can <laughs> – I'm not a big Peter Rosenberg guy. I, I think he's kind of like oh. a way – I shouldn't say a waste of space because he has his role – on obviously hot 97 does his thing he's a big hip-hop guy this that and the third but he doesn't obviously have a great education about sports like you can tell he's like just a gap filler for just more conversation more debate that type of thing but long story short with 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 the michael k show where, where i was getting to with that is like basically people will call in like yankees fans a lot and they'll say you know this, this it was early in the season is what I'm trying to you know what what they were talking about but with the rule changes with speeding up the game a lot of people were saying oh I, I I'm not getting my money's worth anymore because I'm going to the game and it's two hours and like you know you know as much as anybody Yankees fans will have anything to bitch about Phillies Philadelphia fans will find anything to bitch about there possibly is so they'll they'll say man I paid for a three-hour game because that's how it used to be back in my day and now it's two hours and 15 minutes so can you imagine if they start calling games like if there was a a run like a, let's say a twelve run rule or something whereas like you know a team's winning by twelve runs, bang you call it right there, people would lose their minds. I I, I just that you mentioned that because watch I can almost certainly predict, and people can go and remember this episode that when they do put in a mercy rule, just remember it was discussed here, because I can see that ass clown. Rob Manford sitting there watching, uh, what was it, Anaheim destroying Colorado, like 20, what, well, like 30 to 6 or whatever it was. <laughs> and then you just had the Nationals destroy somebody else, or the Nationals got destroyed, whatever it was, like 19 to 5. You could see Manford freaking being, okay, well, you know what? If you score 12 runs in the second inning, game over, whether it's the top of the inning or the bottom of the inning. I could see it happening because Rob Man, I, I the, the rule changes, some of them, you know, I've adapted to it. I didn't like it at first. Like, I didn't like the pitch clock. But when you're watching it, you kind of want it to go by faster. Because, you know, especially when your team's on the West Coast, you want it to go faster. It's like, I don't want to be up until 2 in the morning watching, you know, like, I don't want to watch Yankees athletics till 2 o'clock in the morning. Or you wouldn't want to sit up and watch uh, Phillies Angels till 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, Eastern time. And on TV, the 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 whole speeding up the game thing's fine, but when you go there, it's a bit different. It's like, oh, I got to see this pitch clock. He's got to freaking throw a pitch within eight seconds of the guy being in the box. It's like I go. It's like I go to take a piss and I missed like three in. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it's got its it's got its positive and negative impact on it, but I don't think these teams are losing the revenue. That they got. It's just making people move faster now to buy more shit, you know, and that's really what it is at the end of the day. It's about the revenue. Uh, it's always, that's uh, exactly. I mean, we talked about, we talked at nauseum, like in the first part, base or sports in general or business, and that's, you got to understand that. And like baseball, obviously, is no exception. And, and I did see the ratings have ticked up this year. Somebody, somebody came out and said that. I, I, don't know where I saw that, but like they said, baseball is coming back. It's doing well. The attendance is well, or the attendance is better. This, that, and the third. So I'm all for it. Like I was worried about baseball, not dying completely, but definitely taking steps back further back. And eventually, you know, you never know what could happen. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. Like I did, I hated the, the pitch clock at first. I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is the worst thing you could have done. Like it makes it like ar- arcade like base. Like I don't, I just didn't like it. And now it's like seamless almost. Like it's funny though. They'll, they'll once in a while you'll see, you'll be watching a game and they'll call somebody for a clock violation. And it it's almost more entertaining. Cause it's like, all right, now like is the batter going to get pissed off and, and, you know, hit a home run because of it. Are they going to grip the bat tighter strike out? Like it, it adds that, that element to yeah. the game where you didn't have that before, but um the next thing I want to just kind of get to a little bit is obviously with Domingo Herman throwing that, that perfect game and, and shout out to him. I mean, I know 
he's had a troubled past off the field and, and things like that. And, you know, we won't get into the, all that, but that that's that achievement I'll say on the field is, is, uh, you know, you almost unlike any other, um, but I'll take it down a notch. So we'll go to no hitter, obviously still very, very, very hard, but would you, of these three, maybe try and rank them real quick. Is a no hitter harder than throwing a 300 in bowling? And how do you compare that? Those two things to uh to a hole in one in, in golf and a hole in one in golf on the PGA tour, not a hole in one in on you know Jimmy's mini golf shack. You know what I mean? So, damn it, then I got to take all those away. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, both of them are hard to achieve. A, a no hitter and bowling at three hundred because it's all about really. I mean, you think about it, they both involve. This is going to sound like an like the oddest way of saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway. They both involve a sport using a ball, obviously. And it's all about just command of of the ball, you know, pitch rotation in baseball, obviously spin rotation and bowling, you know, it, it all the mechanics going into it. And it's just, honestly, pitching a no-hitter, I think is a little bit harder than bowling a 300. I have to give that. I would, it would have to go one, two, and then the hole in one and – and golf is just – that's just pure luck that can happen at any point, any time with any golfer. I mean, we, we, I mean, we've seen it. Some guy just hit one a few weeks ago. You know, I mean, it's something you ra- – I mean, we see more no-hitters and 300 games than you do a hole-in-one, but who's really watching golf? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I, there's got to be nothing on TV for me to sit there and watch golf. I, I mean, and it's the state. I, I don't watch bowling either. I mean, but I mean, bowling at 300 is a huge accomplishment in itself. But it's just one of the both of them are just to accomplish them. You just have to be on your game that day. And you just have to like like pitch a no hitter. It, it kind of is. It goes in lockstep because your catcher's got to kind of help you with it with calling the right pitches and when and, you know, like like all that stuff. It, like that all comes into play. Like a no hitter, yes, it's the pitcher's accomplishment, but people seem to forget the catcher gets a little bit of recognition in it, in my opinion, because they're the ones that are telling the pitcher what to throw, when, where they want the ball thrown. And in bowling, it's kind of you control the aspect yourself of whether you're hitting the strike or not. Yeah, that that is like I threw a curveball, no pun intended. Like I, I that is that to hit a hole in one, like I definitely agree with you on the fact that like luck has got to be on your side because like with golf in my like personal opinion, you could, you could hit a ball perfect. And then, you know, it, it hits off a little, uh, like a blade of grass that isn't cut perfect and bang the balls on, on, you know, you're in the rough all out of nowhere and you're, you hit the, you struck the ball perfect. So difficulty is definitely there. I mean, these guys on the PGA tour, you very rarely, I, I don't watch a ton of it either. I'll, like you said, I mean, I I might turn it on or, or see what's going on every once in a while. I, I will say this: when Tiger was playing, I w- on Sundays I would I would try and tune in because it was like, man, this guy could be ten strokes behind, and he's has he has that red Nike shirt on. Like you're not, I wouldn't bet against him. I I, I especially back in before everything you know went to shit with him. But uh, yeah, hey, he was he was great before the DWIs, the cheating, and all that stuff. Like he was, like he was. Had he had not gone that course and it had stayed without all the drama in his life, he probably would have broke Jack Nicholas's record, like most majors ever. And I now I don't I, – I think he's going to be the only golfer that ever gets close to it. It's such a, like, man of day, like the, the, the talent that guy – and usually I don't like those, like the Tom Brady's, like the guys at the very, very top, but I, it's hard to, like – it's hard to root against – I mean, off the field, obviously he has his – you know, like a lot of these guys, he's had their their problems, but he was an absolute like to, he made the game of golf a, crazy exciting. Like he made it was almost like you're like you without golf or without Tiger Woods, I should say, golf is not even close to what it was just because of the dominance yeah. and and you couldn't bury that guy. Like he could be like I said, you could be down six eight strokes and. He's just banging eagles left and right, and and people are like, you know, you're clenching your ass a little bit, like, ah, can I hang on to this because I know this guy behind me can do it. I, I I've seen him do it before. He's got he'll do it again. He's he's like 
my generation's Jack Nicholas. Like I like I have people in my family that like to golf. My uncle Joe and he grew up watching like Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and all those guys. And Tiger Woods is right up there with them. I can't believe we're talking golf on a fucking sports podcast. <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> I'll make an exception, like I said, if it's Tiger Woods, but Long story short, getting back to that that comparison, yeah, I still even don't get me wrong. Bowling a three hundred, I mean, it's hard enough to get not get a gutter ball. Sometimes I'll be honest with you, like that is that is an achievement. I mean, but it's a very repetitious thing. Not let not that pitching isn't, but pitching you're like, okay, I got I got Judge Stanton and Glaber this inning. Next inning I got Volpe, uh, you know, whoever IKF. And Trevino, right? Uh, that's just an example, but it's like you got to pitch to that guy, this guy, like Aaron. You got to pitch to Aaron Judge. All right, what does he struggle against? With like, it's such a baseball. It's so technical, man. Like, and you yeah. see it. You see it. Like, if even if you have a good pitch, sometimes like Otani hit one out of the park the other day that was probably four inches away from hitting his hands, and and he took it yard. And it's like the difficulty level just to face an average MLB hitter is. It's and bowling like you're you're kind of stationary. You're walking up there and then you're throwing it. Golf, the ball isn't moving. Baseball, you have to literally make the ball go, you know, cra- a crazy amount of velocity and a an insane amount of, of dip on those on those curves and sliders and everything else. And then not only that, but you have to manage how many pitches to each batter. Yeah, that, that that's another thing that people got to take accountability into what goes into a no hitter because. Like if Domingo Herman had pitched, like obviously he did in nine innings, nine, uh, ninety-nine pitches. But if you if, if he had pitched in one inning to one batter, say thirteen pitches, and had like let's say in the fifth it was his highest pitch count, say like twenty plus pitches, you know damn well Aaron Boone's pulling him out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've you they've know pulled, they pulled Garrett Cole in situations before, right? Like they've pulled Garrett yeah. Cole. Well, that one in Houston, what was it, last year when he was dominant? I think it was last year. And Boone wants to pull him out, and Cole's like at 100 pitches in like the seventh inning, and he's like, get your fucking ass back to the dugout. You're not pulling me out. I'll tell you when I'm ready to come out. <laughs> sure. You know, you know what's funny is Scherzer is, that, uh, Scherzer is that guy where it's like you try and pull pull him out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he – if he tried to beat up the manager in the in the clubhouse after the game, like you know you you know you shouldn't have pulled me out, right? Like I'm yeah. I'm Max fucking Scherzer, man. Like he's the and same. You, and you've seen where these managers make those those decisions, and it's either bitten them in the ass or it's worked out. And for Boone, nine times out of ten, it bites him in the ass every time. Yeah, and, and the the best is when they pan into the dugout, and you see like Derek Cole's pissed, and instead of like just casually enjoying his banana. He's like fucking eating it like the banana just like robbed his checkbook from him. He's just like <laughs> boom. He goes, I'm gonna throw this banana peel over by the steps. Hope you slip on flip on it and break your ass. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, but, that, but that's the type of but that's the type of competitiveness that you want to see. 100%. Like you want you want to see that from your players. And that's the thing like alluding back to Josh Donaldson, he ain't got that. Because this guy will smile when he strikes out. He freak, He's laughing when he pops up. It's like, hey, jerk off, not for nothing. You just struck out in the ALCS and you're fucking smiling. It's like when Chapman gave up the home run to that little fucking midget Altuve <laughs> in the ALCS. And he's sitting there, he turns around, he's just like, oh, well, it's just a home run. I'm going to go to Kansas City at the end of the year anyway. Like, I, I don't want to see No, and, and, and I'm glad, like, the fact that that you, we talk about Donaldson so much. It, it's it's funny because he was like on the Twins, on the Blue Jays. Like that guy was. I, I mean, if he pit, if he was the type of guy where, and and I think very few guys. I think A Rod had that same ability where, like, if you pissed him off, he would use that against you. Harper Harper's another one. I'll say that that like they they go in somewhere in their brain where it's like if somebody's yelling, you suck or you know, get out of, you know, get out of town, whatever it might be, or you're, you're a bum, whatever. They, they channel something in their mind and they're like, man, you know what? I'm going to show you right here, right now. And, and Donaldson did that. Like I remember on the twins, the, the a re, uh, umpire called a, a 
crazy low strike or it was outside one of the two. It was a ball for sure. And and Donaldson was mouthing off to him. And then next pitch, he home run. And he comes in and kicks dirt all over the plate, immediately gets tossed. And I mean he makes he makes an ass out of himself, I'm not gonna lie. But at the end of the day, like he showed up that um and like to hit a home run is no I mean, just a home run is is no slouch. Like it's not it's not, it's a it's a hard thing to do. So what 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 I'm trying to get at, long story short, is like he it's like he went to New York, and I don't know if it's just because of his age. He's like, look, I know I'm not the same guy I used to be, but, like, he always had that competitive fire to him. Like, when he was on the Blue Jays, he was trying to fight everybody. He, yeah. uh, he On the A's, even, he tried to fight multiple people. He had bench-clearing brawls because of things he tried to, you know, incite and everything else. So it's like, what happened to that Josh? Like, I think he was a real competitive guy, like one of the top guys that you're like, that if you had that guy on your team, like he's gonna hold everybody, maybe not hold everybody accountable, but hold himself accountable because he wants to succeed. It's like he goes to the Yankees and like he's he's <laughs> it kills me, man. Like not even because he's on the Yankees. I still do like for whatever reason I do like Donaldson just because he's like he's out there and he's not the, the stereotypical baseball player. He's just like he's he's his own guy. But like he'll bat flip when the ball's like not even to the warning track and like he'll get picked off you know he's got picked off two or three times this year I, I just don't get like his maybe his mental mental just awareness of the game is just like I I got my money I did my thing I had a good I had a pretty solid career I mean overall his career numbers you look at it, it's pretty pretty impressive but I don't, I don't get it I don't understand it I think with him now it's just you know what I did you know listen I played x amount of years you know you know this is pretty much the end of the road for me. And whether I win or not, doesn't matter. I'm getting my check. I'm getting my 25 million. And then I'm just going to walk off into the sunset and that's it. Don't care if I hit a home run. Don't care if I score. Don't care <laughs> if I make the big play. It doesn't matter to me. And that's something that I, again, that's one of the things that annoys me with him being on this team is that mentality. The fact that, again, you traded and, and and this is where I don't understand what goes on in Cashman's head when he makes these decisions. If the Yankees are trying to be more financially responsible, why would you trade for a guy who's past his prime $25 million, even though they're taking on the Twins contract, that the Twins gave him the money? But why would you take that and trade away, again, Urshela, that you financially control for at least another two, three years where you're paying him not even a million dollars. You're paying him like the league minimum. If that's what the Yankees are trying to do to get out from that, as I always say, the evil empire died when George Steinbrenner died. Like that whole mentality when George died, that died. It's not like that no more. Yeah, do they go out and get a big name here and there? But it's not like, hey, we're throwing checks at everybody. Like, hey, Bryce Harper, here's a blank check. Put in what you want. Hey, Machado, you want to play here? Here you go. You know, now it's like, Ah, uh, you know, uh, we could we could have got Juan Soto, but you know what? We're gonna take this horrible twin contract and bring in Donaldson, you know, and he's gonna and he's not gonna do anything for us, but you know, we're just gonna bring him in anyway because you know he could play third base, and even though we have a third baseman and we have another guy in the minors who can play third base that we could also financially control, no, we're just gonna trade Sanchez because Sanchez didn't want to listen to Joe Girardi. And those issues. And we're going to trade. So we're going to trade Sanchez. But in order to get rid of Sanchez, we have to give him Urshela. And we have to take this horrible contract back. Like, I, I again, why was that deal ever made? <laughs> I mean, Gary Sanchez should have just listened to what his coaches were telling him. And he'd probably still be a Yankee. That's my thing, man. Like, because I'm trying to see it from a Yankees perspective. Because... I'll listen to a lot of the the like like you know the New York New York sports radio is just probably the top, the cream of the crop in my opinion, but it uh I I, I don't understand it like I, I I know the Yankees have a, a pretty solid farm system and and we talked about how they haven't brought these guys up and you know obviously the the baby Yankees a few years back when they brought up Judge they brought I forget who else was in that but they brought up all those guys and they were all raking and then you know this and that but. I just look at Brian Cashman as like, I'm not going to say he's a complete failure because they, they do make the playoffs year in and year out. They're, 
they're a contending team. I don't know if they're like they're all these all these terms like are they a championship caliber this that and the third. I I don't know, but they're a contending team. Like if 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 they're in the mix every year, they're a contending team. But if I'm a Yankees fan, I'm like, look, man, like we should be. I compare them to the Patriots in the and at least the Patriots in the last couple of decades because they're a dynasty. Like regardless of where they're at now, this and that, they should hold themselves to that. All right, it's either we get. I I think it's get to the World Series or bust every year. You can't win it every year, and you can't win it every time you go. But like, if you have that pocketbook, you have the prestige of like the Yankee, the Yankees. It's the name, the stadium, everything that comes with that. Like, I, I just I don't get why they they settle for like. I think Rizzo was a great signing, and he's been you know, but a lot of these guys. Like like the Donalds like why not if you're no if you don't want to spend money like you say why don't you keep Gio or Shella for two three years then bring up the guy that's right behind him in Triple A and and do it that way why are you going to go out and spend twenty five million on a guy that's way past his prime I know that's they probably looked at the numbers and they projected him to hit two seventy with twenty eight home runs or whatever but it, it it hasn't panned out and it's like why not try something different why why continue to go to that free agent pool of old players and players that have had history of getting hurt, man. Like I would not go after these. I don't care who it is. I'll take a guy that's hitting two thirty, like Kevin Kiermaier, but he plays every, every game he's out there. Like you don't miss a game. So Yankees could have got him too, but they passed up on it. I just don't get it. Like I, I it, it blows my mind. They're, I'm sure they're, like I said, they're looking at numbers that we're not, that we have no access to, but it's not working. That's my thing. Like, my, look at the Rays organization for as far as like what are they, what are they doing like I, if I'm the the Twins or if I'm one of these teams that doesn't find a way to win it's like all right what we're doing isn't working like why continue to go back to the well and expect it to work I got no idea well when you look at Tampa really it comes down to scouting yeah they they're one of the best scouting teams possible I mean because they could bring all these guys up they build up their value they trade them. And they know what they're getting in return because they scouted who they want to trade for and they get them. And then they bring them right up and they're ready to play. And then they just continue to to beat up on us, you guys, the friggin' Red Sox, the Blue Jays. And yeah, look at the, that's another team. Yeah, look at how much the Blue Jays spend and they have nothing to show for it. Like they're a fat fuck Manoa. Ran his mouth <laughs> now. Look at him. Yeah. Then now look. I think he's playing in uh, in the Florida PAL Little League team. <laughs> See, that was a guy where I'm not going to make excuses for him because it's on him to adjust. But yeah. that pitch clock, man, he I, I it's either an endurance thing where he's out of breath and he then he'll go to the mound, throw the ball, and he's like, oh, f- I just got to get rid of it. Here, bang, meatball, home two run home run. I don't know how you fit. He's got a he's kind of. I gotta say it's square one, but to be sent down that low, you're in you're in bad shape, man. You're in... <laughs> yeah, at, at, at that point, your career is done. You to get sent down that low at such a young age, it, it's it, he's done, done. I agree. So, I mean, I think that that wraps up pretty much what what I was gonna get into with Jim at fan the van where where can we find you on uh on the socials and 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 the podcast and that type of thing uh pretty much I'm on Twitter even though Elon decided to do this uh view limit per day thing which I don't know why he did that uh it was the whole big bitch fest yesterday but can we see what like 8000 tweets a day now and then he comes out and he's like uh well you know we need to go outside more yeah okay maybe you're right but even if you go outside people are gonna read twitter anyway so <laughs> right. what does it matter but i'm more active on there than than anything so uh you know if if, if you're looking for me that's where i am at fan in the van podcast on twitter that would be your best bet yeah definitely definitely give this guy a listen i'm sure tr- we're trying like like he says all the time um uh, there's more than enough room at the table for all of us to eat. And I'm, I want, I really do want all of us to eat and, and, and figure this damn thing out somehow, some way. So I uh, got a shout out uh, 1420 sports podcast, obviously check them out. They, they have a show just about every sports topic there is nowadays. Uh, so, so you'll find something you like over there. I uh, got a shout out uh, Garrett at uh, Garrett and um, drawn a blank, man. Yeah, 
Jalen at uh at two dudes with sports news. Uh man, we went for a while today, so my brain's a little a little mushy, but uh definitely check those guys out and check out uh uh Garrett's new show, Is This a Bad Take? Uh as well as the guys that level the playing field. Uh really there's a lot more I could shout out, and I know I will in the comments and I'm drawing a blank, but those are my main my main guys, obviously other than Jim, but uh, that pretty much wraps up the show. So until next time, I'll, I'll try and keep posting away as much as I can. I got th- I got one coming, or I filmed one with the guy, uh, the Baltimore sports guy. We talked some Phillies, some some Orioles, some NHL draft, all all types of stuff. So hopefully you guys tune into that, and then I'll have this one up. Hopefully I'm gonna try and get it up either Monday or Tuesday. So there's a little gap between the two. But thanks again, man. Uh, keep doing your thing because. Uh, we appreciate it, and I always have a laugh. There, there, there's at least three or four LOLs in in every episode at at Fan in the Van. That's what it's all about. <laughs> all right, till next time, peace. Peace.